The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You can watch Leonard Fournette run for 750 yards against Texas Tech, and he will run for, like, at least 300 yards. I kid you not, in the Alamo, Texas Healthcare Burrito Bowl uh, <laughs> that's in Houston. Uh, or you can watch the Pelicans continue to lose, and you can root for them to draft Ben Simmons, and maybe they will know. Maybe the Pelicans will make better use of Ben Simmons than LSU does. So the Pelican House—they have an awesome menu. They have a 50-foot TV, 136 draft beers. They have it all. Uh, go there. They support us, so you should support them. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, the Saints won yesterday. Hooray! Woohoo! Uh, Dave, how excited are you? to not eat at the Olive Garden. <clears throat> well, I'm not out of the woods just yet. Uh, you survived another week, though, buddy. I, I, I survived another week. Um, you know, every every win here on out is, uh, is, is one less evening at Olive Garden. Um, and uh, But I'm not out of the woods because they could lose, they could still lose the, the last three here. And uh, in my opinion, three three nights at Olive Garden is is three nights too many. <laughs> um, <laughs> six and ten, by the way, is looking real good. Yeah, six and ten's looking good. My, I was I was uh, Mr. Optimistic compared to the rest of you guys, but um, I was it, nine and seven, it's, man. It's still possible. It's still possible. Um, and the good news is is that I'm not relying on Minnesota to lose out. I'm not relying on the winner of the NFC East to be nine and seven and the second place team to be eight and eight. And I'm not rooting on the Rams to win two of their last to win one of their games. And I'm not relying on the Buccaneers to lose two of their last three. No. You're you're just counting on you're just counting on the Saints. You know, you may be like that Atlanta game, man, it could come down to it. It could be like the Saints could be like seven and eight and they could be like in the fourth quarter tied, man. And we could be like, we then we could you know what, Andrew, then we could start uh trolling Dave and just start sending him Olive Garden menus. <laughs> uh wait, speaking of, of of Falcons, um, did you see that tweet? I think it was from Knox Bardeen. Um it was like early this morning, and uh, I think as Saints fans, we can certainly relate to this, but the 2012 Falcons draft class, I think it was like maybe six players or so, none of them are in the league at all. Oh, man. 
That not is... even on the Fal- not not on not not on the Falcons. They're not in the league. They are all free agents. They're Wait, what? Playing. What year was that? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Wow. The year before <laughs> Julio, I think. Who? Yeah, they want people. They want everybody fired. Just were... curious, how many guys from the Saints are still on the team from two thousand twelve? Well, wasn't the two thousand twelve I mean, Saints draft I... right now? Probably well, nobody. Two thousand twelve or was it two thousand thirteen? I think. I think we have. The, I think we have the same situation. I think like none of our draft picks from that one year are on our team. Yeah, they well, traded. So, well, that's but that's different. That's that's not on our team. These guys aren't even in the league. These yeah, guys but are I'm, so bad they couldn't even catch on with any other. Team. I mean, they that couldn't dra- even catch on with the Jaguars. The 2012 Saints draft was gutted though, man, because they they traded away the number one pick for Ingram and they had the yeah. number two pick yanked by Goodell. So the, I think it was the 2013 Saints draft that was. That well, was, Hicks like, is that gone. That was the Kyrie yeah. Fort. Hicks oh. did have two sacks last night though. Oh God damn! The Hicks Hicks is gonna par Hicks is gonna parlay playing with the Patriots to a contract, and some team is gonna be really really dumb. Yeah. And pay him too much money. Uh, Andrew, you did out your grades today as always, and actually you didn't have to just put a pile of trash for the defense. Um, I have a theory about the Saints defense. Everybody looks at Ellerby and they say when the, when Ellerby plays, the Saints are four four and one, and when he doesn't, they're terrible. My theory on Ellerby is he's like the tipping point for the Saints defense. Where when he plays, they're it's not that he's great; it's that he's so much better than what they have at linebacker. That it's like it's like a car that has like five things wrong with it, but you can still drive. When they don't have Ellerby or they don't have Bro. The car becomes undrivable. Does that make sense? And he's like the him and Bro, whether they play or whether they don't, is like the tipping point for where the defense. It could be with, with them, it can be competent. Without them, it's hopeless. And it's not because they're necessarily good. It's just because the difference between Ellerby and Bro and Maudy and Dixon is like a, the Grand Canyon. So that's why people they they gravitate towards those stats about Ellerby uh, being. The difference on the defense, but yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I, he's he's definitely an upgrade, uh, but I, I I really don't think Ellerby even played that well in that game. I mean, he, he played well in run defense. He his pass coverage was spotty. I mean, he he looked a little bit slower. I mean, he he just looks physically a little diminished from some of the games earlier this year where I thought he played yeah. really well. Um, but I think for me, the main thing in this game, and you got to give the Saints some credit here. I thought the front four. The pass rush in general was better. Um, they, they only had one sack, but if you look at the disruption in the pocket, the hurries, uh, forcing Winston to throw from uncomfortable positions, they just did a better job. Do you th- uh, so that's always going to help. But do you think Sean Payton gave Lovey Smith a game ball for only mu- running Doug Martin eleven times? Yeah, probably. I mean, what an idiot, right? I mean, how, how do you <laughs> that, not that run? Draw, that last drive was terrible by Tampa. It was terrible. Run I mean, Doug it, Martin for twenty-five, and then incompletion, 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 punt. I mean, it blows my mind that Tampa <laughs> would go down. I mean, and, and part of it's how the game played out. I mean, the Saints quickly got up a couple scores, uh, got a couple three and out stops, and then Tampa just w- almost went into panic mode with their play calling, and they really should have just stuck with Martin. But I, I think the Saints. I mean, there were several throws out there. Uh, there was a drop by Safarian Jenkins. There was the horrible drop late in the game with Brian Dixon um, in coverage, there was numerous wide-open receivers that Winston missed by a country mile. 
I got to say, I, I mean, I, I've watched Winston, and there's been times this year where I've been pretty impressed with him. But in this game, he, I thought he was horrible. Well, I, give I thought a little credit really to the pass rush, too. Give, give a yeah. little credit to the pass rush. No, that no, can, the pa- that can no, help. Like I said, I think the pass yeah. rush had something to do with it, and they did a good job. But I think uh, a big part of the reason why the Saints, you know, the combination of pork play calls, which lean way too heavy on passing, and Winston, in my opinion, just being grossly inaccurate, uh, and you throw in the Vincent Jackson injury. I mean, that's a big factor, too. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think it, that's what it boils down to. Dave, what's more likely to happen? You go see the new Star Wars movie opening night and camp out to make sure you get front row tickets. Or C.J. Spiller is on the Saints team in 2016. Uh, <clears throat> it's probably more likely that... Uh... <laughs> That Spiller's on the team just because of his contract. Um, I will I don't know, man. There's, he, like, there's there's no chance in hell that I'm going to be there on opening night. I wouldn't mind going to see the new Star Wars movie uh, in the theaters at some point, but I am certainly not going to be there um, on opening night uh, with all the the rest of the nerds. But um, I uh, and by the way, my son Dylan is like absolutely obsessed with everything star wars like we spent all saturday just talking about star wars <laughs> um and any and all facets and he's got this he's got this um new he's got this sticker book for the new force awakens books movie and it's got new characters like kylo ren and finn and poe and he's like who's this who's this and i'm like i don't know they haven't released the movie yet I, I, I can't answer these I, questions i, don't I have know to say I have to say, Drew Brees tweeted out his kid got like an early birthday gift. It was a Millennium Falcon, but apparently it's built like a drone, it. so you can fly it around your house. That shit. Was I've pretty, seen that. That I shit saw was that pretty cool. Amazon. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Uh, I feel, I feel I betrayed that, that he would purchase anything named Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got my son a Millennium Falcon too, but it's like one of those ones that opens up and the guys fit inside and that kind of stuff. But I mean, um, and I'm sure Drew and his wife Brittany will be at the opening, uh, dressed up as well. Apparently, like, Dave. Trooper. Is, apparently, Dave is back in. Oh, Dave from the Falcoholics, a cool guy. We should be nice to him mode. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I, I never, I never left that mode. But anyway, but back to the actual question <laughs> at hand. Um, you know, to your point, Ralph, I, I definitely think that uh, something is going on with Spiller. Spiller's um, on the Mount Rushmore for bad contracts in the Peyton era. He is. Uh, well, but, but the, 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 pro- the problem is, is it's, it's, the, it's not the problem. It's the contract isn't the problem. The problem is that he hasn't been given the chance for whatever reason. He hasn't been given the opportunity. Well, I don't know whether he's pissed off Peyton. Um, I don't think it's a health issue. He has seemed totally fine eh, um, when he's had know. the ball. But he I don't know if it's with Peyton or he's not in the playbook. And we've talked about this before. I, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's obvious that the coaching staff does not trust him or does not want to put him in a position to succeed. When Mark Ingram went down, uh, they featured freaking Hightower instead exactly. of Spiller. Exactly. The, the logical, the logical next thing you would assume that C.J. Spiller would be the next man up, and they just, they literally just skipped over him, and they went to Tim Hightower, a guy who hasn't been in the league in two years, and albeit he did a great job and, and he was fine. Um, Mark Ingram would have had a uh, hundred yards with those holes. I, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you. He would have had 150. Dude, I mean, I mean those, those holes. They had some gin- I mean, they had some runs where he was getting like six yards, and they were ginormous holes. Your boy, your boyfriend. I think Andrew's right. Your boyfriend Dave would have had 150 yesterday. 
But Andrew, to the point, like, like I don't care why they're not playing Spiller. I'm just saying, man, that contract is up there with Bird and Jason Dave. I mean, it. Olindo Mare. Olindo Mare. I mean, it's it's bad. Browner, I mean, go ahead and say it. Bra- Bra- well, at least Browner's playing. You know, at least at least Browner plays. I mean, yeah. CJ Spiller doesn't it's even true. play. That's true. I mean, so unless they're unless they have like unless he wins the award of the mysterious. I mean, Champ Bailey has to be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but he wasn't that. His contract wasn't that much. I mean, his. Mm, yeah. I mean, they they paid him. They gave him like I think it like two years, um, five million or something. Yeah, and they gave him like a couple hundred grand to sign. I mean, spit like Spiller. They gave Spiller like nine and a half million guaranteed. Like that. They could have used that for something else. I mean, uh, I just like I don't know. Like I don't. Andrew, can they cut him? Or I mean, their cap is such a disaster. Yeah. No. I mean. I don't know what they're going to do with Jari Evans's contract and now, you know, Browner and Spiller are both contracts that they don't really want in the books anymore and so we're just talking about more dead money, more, you know, more signing bonus that has I think 3 years left on their deal. So basically if they were to cut Browner and Spiller next year, you would get the the carryover of 3 years of of yearly, you know, prorated bonus added up over in, in one cap hit. Um, so I don't know if they can release those three players. I mean, they're kind of saddled with three bad contracts that they can't really get out of, and it's a similar situation to Junior Gallette. You know, Junior Gallette was a cut this year, and they basically just absorbed $10 million to get rid of him, and it, it's going to be the same thing. They're basically going to have cash next year tied into these three players, Evans, Spiller, and Browner, with them potentially not even playing on the team. Yeah, Dave. My thing is, I, I feel like they 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 did kind of whatever they wanted to do this off season. They cut players that contractually really hurt them, Galette and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like um, they they can't. Aff- and now now this upcoming off season, they're still going to continue to have to pay for some of those those moves. And I just feel like they can't afford to do that for a second off season. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the thing that's tough right now is I'm fine with blowing it up. But you can't blow it up in tandem with hanging on a Drew Brees. Like, the the two philosophies don't go together. Either you blow right. it up, you shed yourself of all these bad contracts, and you rebuild. But in some ways, I feel like it's almost unfair to Brees to kind of saddle him with a god-awful roster based on all these awful contracts that you've put together – and and it's just like they're trying to piecemeal it together. Yeah, and here's the, here's as the, he's as he's trying to give you the last two yeah. or three good years he has and left. And here's and here's the thing with with Breeze, you know, he's got him like, you know, if he doesn't renegotiate, they can't really carry him with that thirty million dollar cap hit, Andrew. And the thing is, if they go to him and they're like, hey, Br- hey, Drew, we need you to take. Uh, we need you to give us cap relief so we can make you have a better roster, so you can have a chance to win. Breeze might be like, what, and sound and sign Brown more. Uh, Browners and Spillers, you know. I mean, so this this Breeze thing can get really dicey because he's going to look at that open market and he's going to say, you know what, Saints, you better give me at least forty million guaranteed because if you cut me, that's what I'm going to get on the open market. I mean, I gu- I guarantee you, uh, a team like Denver that's got a ready-made Super Bowl roster if they move on from. Uh, Peyton Manning, they could do a two-year deal. You got, um, 
you know, the Jets would gladly pay. Buffalo would gladly pay. So, I mean, they're not – I don't think they're going to get Drew Brees on the cheap. You know, it isn't like he's going to reduce down and and, may, and and have a – you know, give the Saints a, a big, big hometown discount. So, I mean, this these roster issues are – I mean, they're – Dave, their rosters, it's going to be tough. I mean, we can get into the offseason. I mean, I don't think there's any way Breeze, the Saints, let Breeze walk. I mean, they, they would have to get a trade offer that was so significant. Um, and maybe they will. I mean, forget his age. I mean, he, he has almost a, a 100 quarterback rating this year. He, he's playing at a really high level. And we we've seen the Broncos do it. I mean, teams will give up a lot for an elite quarterback that can help them win for a year or two. Yeah. So, you know, if they feel – if an NFL team feels like they have an elite defense – I mean, you brought up the Texans. I mean, Texans are a great example. Great defense. Yeah. They may feel we really are just an elite quarterback away from winning. We've gotten a bunch of first-round picks that we spent on J.J. Watt, Clowney, whatever, and, you know, Hopkins. So we feel like we've got the talent – we don't really need a first-round pick this year. Let's just give it to the Saints and get Breeze. I could totally see a team like that doing it, and then obviously they would pay him whatever. Um, so I, it's tough, man. I think the Saints, realistically, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the offseason, but how realistic is it to rebuild this team and field something from a roster perspective with these bad contracts, with these cap issues, that's going to be competitive, competitive enough around Drew do you just suck it up and deal with another awful year and maybe get a first-round pick out of Breeze, get a couple firsts out of Peyton, and blow the whole thing up? I mean, I think that's got to be a serious consideration for Mickey Loomis. Yeah, you got to get you, you got to get, and I argue with a couple of people. And I'm not a, I'm not opposed to blowing it up, but if you're sending Peyton and Breeze out, you got to have a, a significant return, and it can't yeah. be it can't be a number a, a second round pick for Peyton in cap space. Like no. it's like it's got to be. Oh my God, the draft is going to be really fun. In 2016 and 2017, because because guess what? If Breeze and Peyton leave, that's all the fun we're gonna be having, because yeah. they are going to suck in 2016 without Breeze. Yeah, I mean the the other thing, the other alternative is, you know, you kind of decide right now, you put Breeze on a two year deal, you know, you extend him, and that that that's probably the most likely scenario this off season, and and. I'm not lobbying that they part ways. I mean, I really feel like Peyton and Breeze are the best assets this team has. As critical as some people have been of them, they talk about Breeze's demise and all that stuff. Breeze is playing at a really high level. I still believe that this team can win with Sean Payton as the head coach. And so if you extend Breeze for two years and you basically make the decision and you basically say, hey, look, we got too many cap issues. We're going to clean it up again this year. We're going to send out Browner. We're going to get rid of Spiller, and we're, we're going to be saddled with these cap issues, which is going to make it hard for us to really pick up a bunch of players. So this is really a two-year plan, and then Peyton and Breeze basically have to say, okay, you guys are going to have to deal with another year of mediocrity to get us to the next offseason where we'll have cap room, and that's when we'll give it the one big final push to try to get back in the playoffs. Well, I, I, I've, I've been hoping that last offseason was year one of that, to be honest with you. And it was. I, I, if, I, if Junior Gallet hadn't gone crazy. It was. It absolutely was year one of that. And if Junior Gallet hadn't gone crazy, Andrew, they'd be in, in fine cap space, right? 
Like they'd be they'd be perfectly fine, right? I don't know about fine, but they'd be yeah, a lot I mean, better it, off than they are. We're talking. It'd be a they. It would be ten million dollars more of space. Yes. That's two. That's two good players. Absolutely. Um, Dave. I mean, you, you look at Jarris Bird's contract. Year one of Jarris Bird's contract was like three or four million against the cap. You know these 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 deals are backloaded, and so. You know, when when they give this guy all this money up front that's bonus money that's prorated over the life of the deal, their salary in year one is really, really low. And the players don't care because they're like, I'm getting all this money up front as a bonus. So, sure, give me a a, a minimum salary as my salary in year one. And so that's why these big deals a lot of times are backloaded where the first year of the deal is really cap manageable. So $10 million – could actually give you three really huge free agents. You know, and and not – I mean, you know what? It, it, here's the thing too. You know, if the Saints are going to keep – if they decide they're going to keep Breeze, Loomis could work the cap and just convert salary to bonus or whatever and stretch that thing out and push the day of reckon, reckoning off further. You know? Yeah, well, they're, they're definitely going to do that with Cam Jordan and – Mark Ingram. I mean, those are two players that are, are kind of paying off. I think. I, yeah. I think the contract investment with both of those guys was good. I mean, it's you, know, you got to look at the positive too. Those were two, I, I think, pretty good investments, and I'm glad that they they came back and that the Saints extended them. Yeah. And uh, those are those are definitely two deals that you're going to see. Um, you know, that get get pushed back into more. They'll give them more guaranteed money up front uh, to push the cap numbers back to later years. Dave. Um Back to the game yesterday, uh, Damian Swan, who it, – it, it sounds crazy, but I think right now he's the Saints' second-best corner they got, and it's not even close. Uh, you know, he got his, he's got his third concussion of the year, and at first I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But then I remembered Vaccaro got two concussions in 2013, and he's been okay since. So it's not necessarily a death sentence for Swan, but here's my question to you with – Keenan Lewis having a hip or whatever secret surgeries he's got, Browner being terrible, and Swan he's got a hip. It's hip, and Swan being concussed, and PJ Williams uh, not even playing. Do the Saints need to go and get more corners? Uh, no, they've got. Well, I mean, they they just they just need the corners that they've had that they've invested in that they feel felt were right for their team they just need them to stay healthy it's it's i'm sure it's frustrating for, for yeah but for can, you guy, can you count can you can you count on a guy pj williams who's a rookie who never played because he's injured can you can you count on a guy that's got three concussions can you count on keenan lewis who's getting near 30 and has, has been injured the last two years and I mean, it could be it could and, just really just be a, a, a terrible string of bad luck to be honest with you yeah. you know I, I don't know I'd, I'd like to think I'd like to hope that Damian Swan isn't one of those guys who's seemingly made out of glass and and is so fragile um, and and always has these issues but um, you know the, the other side of it is of course with with the, the, the movie coming out um, you know, you just worry about the Get length the of his career. You know, the, the length of his career too, and 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 how many years can you can you really take a beating like that? Yeah, Andrew. Another thing is their defense. The Saints' defensive line is is horrible. Besides Cam Jordan, is there anyone 
of the people they have, Richardson or Davison or any other other ones that they play, that you look at and you say, man, he's making really nice progress, and I think he can be an okay starter in 2016. No. Oh, my God. Andrew, I wanted to. No. <laughs> I mean, I think you look at some guys that have made some progress. I mean – First of all, the fact that guys like Barnes and Ewells made this roster tells you, I think, how thin the Saints are on the defensive line. I mean, in hindsight, yes, somebody that, that pointed that out. Huge, that should have been a huge warning sign. Somebody pointed that out. Yeah, in but the summer. I, I, I think there's a place on this roster for Davison. I think there's a place on this roster for Richardson. Uh, to me, those are energy guys that come off the bench as rotational players and help you. On third down, or they help you when a guy needs a breather, um, or maybe they even give you a spot start. Uh, but I think outside of Cam Jordan, this defensive line pretty much needs to be revamped entirely. Uh, I will say Oboom Guachem is a nice pass rushing spe- specialist. You just want nice... him to be good, so I have to butcher his name for the next <laughs> four no, years. No, I, I mean, he's gotten a few sacks now. I mean, he, he's he a does. nice piece. Um, you know, I think it's gotcha. between Guasham and Etabali. Those are two players. I think, you know, ideally, I think those are two guys that battle it out as the pass rushing specialist next year. And you keep one of them, and you've got enough depth up front ahead of them uh, that you don't need to keep them. But to me, it's just a bunch of rotational guys, subs, um, and I-, I think Kevin Williams is maybe the one guy that's played okay this year. Um, again, he's he's old, and I think he's, he's probably been good. Too he's many been, snaps, he, they got every. They got more out of him than I thought they'd get. I mean, honestly, Kevin Williams, best free agent signing of the offseason. I mean, I guess that's Bro. Bro, yeah. obviously, is better. But uh, Kevin Williams is – I don't really count Bro as a free agent signing because he came from Canada, you know. But, uh, I mean, do you, you would you guys say that as far as, like, NFL free agents? William, Will, yeah. Williams is our, the best free agent we picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, like to me, if you would have told me Williams what he did this year before they signed him, I'd be like, hell yes, that's as much as you yeah. can get out of his. 30- I mean, the the big bummer here is that it, what it was supposed to be this year was hopefully Bunkley coming back from his injury, being a starter, and then you could have spelled him with both Kevin Williams and John Jenkins, and that that would have been a nice rotation. Uh, I mean, instead, what they've got right now after injuries and everything, you've got Davison starting, and then <laughs> you kind of just go from there. So, you know, again, again, I think, I think if you look at this defensive line, obviously Cam Jordan, Bobby Richardson is a keeper to me. Davison, we'll have to see, but uh, they they need two, if not three guys. I wish, and at least one starter. I was so I was so mad they didn't claim the guy that the Giants cut more, who who got in a fight because. He, because uh, he didn't get his Beats headphones. Well, do you know that they didn't put in a waiver claim for him? Well, the, Miami got him, so the, the Saints would have been ahead of the claim for that. Would have been ahead of Miami on the claim. Oh, they they are ahead of them. I mean, yeah, Miami. What's Miami's record? Miami had five wins going into tonight. Ah, I see. So, so um, Dave Marcus Colston hopped in the time machine and went back to 2011 and caught two touchdowns yesterday. If he blows it up the last three weeks and does what he did yesterday, should the Saints keep him or should they be like, that was an awesome final month, Marcus. Uh, thanks for the memories. Uh, here's your Saints Hall of Fame plaque. 
I mean, I think it's it's probably almost as much his decision as it is uh, the Saints' decision. Uh, you know, I think I think first and foremost, Marcus needs to decide whether he wants to play another year, whether he wants to come back. I, I don't I don't see him wanting to go to another team just for another year or two. I don't, I don't feel like he he needs that, or that's that's something he would do. Um, I feel like he'll probably just retire as a Saint whenever that may be. Um, there are worse veteran receivers you could have on your roster. I mean, I, I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know if this is – is this the final year on, on, on his contract? No. no. But I think that it's not like Jari Evans where, like, the Saints can basically no, the get Saint, rid of The Saints can cut him and get, like, $3 million in cap room. It's actually a, a pretty good contract to unload in well, terms they could, of getting they, cap They could space. cut him – well, I mean, I think what they would do is I think they would cut him and then see if they wanted to re-sign him at a lower rate or or totally renegotiate. Oh, I don't I think I don't think it would be that. I think I think if if they had any intention whatsoever of keeping him, I think right now he has like next year I think it's like five point three in is his contract five point three million, and I think if they cut him, they save three million and take about a two million dollar cap hit. Um, right. So they they would basically have three million to spend on someone else if they unloaded him. So I could see the Saints going to Marcus Colson and basically saying, "Listen, we we're basically going to save three million by cutting you. We're going to have to pay you two two million in cap either way. So we'd rather get the three million in cap space and keep you. So we'll pay you two million next year if you stay on the team. Now that might be right. a bitter bitter pill to swallow for Colson. I don't know, um, but I I think that's what they'll approach him with. And if he's like yeah, sure, I'll stay. Then, and I think maybe. that's the decision he would make. To be quite honest right. with you, I, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna deal with moving to a new city and renting a new apartment or buying a new house or doing whatever. Now, I mean, I, I think he's married, but I don't think he's got kids, so I don't think that comes into play. But I mean, it's it's a pain in the ass to have to pick up and yeah. move and live somewhere else, you know. And 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 you're gonna do that just for a year. Um, I just I, think I don't enough, think, I think he's got has enough much money. to prove. Like he he's already won a Super Bowl. I just how much does he have left to prove? I mean, he he doesn't have it in him, in my opinion, to make a Pro Bowl. I mean, if it was one of those things where you know, if you put him in the right situation, you put him somewhere else, and he makes a Pro Bowl, like that that's something he could still accomplish that he hasn't accomplished yet. But I don't think he has it in him anymore. I, I think his best situation, if he's going to keep playing, is staying in New Orleans with Breeze as his quarterback, with the chemistry they've already established. So, I, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I'd be surprised to see Colston attempt to do it with anyone else. Now, if the Saints just say, look, we're done with you and we cut you, and then some other team approaches him and says, hey, we want you, here's some money. I mean, obviously, there's a good chance that he'll play for someone else under that scenario. But I think at the end of the day, you look at Colston, you look at the numbers he's put up for years, you look at the, the slight resurgence he's had. I look at a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who's kind of had peaks and valleys recently in terms of his performance, yeah. and has come back this year. He's gotten healthy. He's gotten he's slimmed down a little bit, and he, he's just he's played a lot better this year. And he, especially early in the year, uh, was making a huge impact for his team. So I think you look at a guy like that, and, and why you know why not if Colson can get a little healthier maybe this off season and feel good going into next year. Maybe he can string together three, four, five games of six catches for 100 yards and maybe resurrect his career. I mean, it's not out of the question that a guy like that couldn't come back next year and, and get off to a really hot start. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with with Coulson. I, the the thing that's always perplexed me is, I, I get the decline physically, but the drops have never uh, have never made any sense at all. Well, that's time. why we've seen less of that. I mean, in yeah. recent weeks, I feel like he's been playing better. Yeah, he did. And he put, he he had the two touchdowns yesterday, and he had the really great catch where he. I mean the, the ca- yeah. I mean, forget the touchdowns. The catch late in the game where he basically is tied up with a corner. And, you know, Ty goes to the receiver where he saves an interception and gets a huge first down on a third down throw. I mean, that, that pretty much won the game. Yeah. Uh, before we get to, to game picks, um, we have a ton of Twitter questions, and a lot of them are Star Wars themed, which is always fun. Um, this is from uh, – oh, and by the way, donate, people. When I email you and I DM you and you don't want to rant, it hurts my feelings. Uh, and I know you're just like waiting for a Saints big loss, but you could have ran it. You could have made fun of Lovey Smith. You could make you could make fun of Atlanta. They're in a fucking tailspin that is phenomenal. It's just that they are. I think the Saints are going to finish second. I think there's a good chance that the Saints finish second. Yeah, if you're if you're depressed South. about the Saints season, at least find solace in the fact that you did not give Matt Ryan that contract and aren't saddled with him as your quarterback for the foreseeable yeah, somebody future. Asked me, somebody asked me on Twitter, they're like, Have, are you watching the Atlanta Falcon uh, total collapse? I'm like, am I watching it? I crushed it up and snorted it off my coffee table with a $20 bill. I got front row seats. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, they're, they're talking about they were 5-0. and They were talking about, are we going to lose Shanahan for a head coaching job? Now they want him fired. <laughs> so, I mean, that is a steep fall. Um, but uh, It almost have, makes this season beautiful. It uh, Well, you know what will be fun? Like, if they keep losing, they've lost six in a row. Like, if they can lose two more in a row and the Saints could, like, put the, like, the, the final shovel of dirt on them to, like, end the year, and Atlanta could end, like, on a nine-game losing streak. I mean, that, you know, it, that alone would be worth the four spots you would, you would drop in the draft by beating Atlanta. And oh, just, absolutely. Just to know you got to shovel dirt on them and end their season on a nine-game losing streak. But we have a ton of Twitter Yeah, questions. Mike Smith may not be in that building anymore, but his stink is still lingering all over that place <laughs> can, can we agree right now that the super bowl at this point is sweeping the falcons oh for sure oh for sure for for for, for damn sure you know what i mean I, forget the next two games they lose them by 100 points combined i don't care the super bowl is sweeping the falcons yeah and i mean i i've quite a sort of turned on the you know um i'm for, i'm a I, you know, I'm one of these people like if you want to root for the Saints to lose, I get it. And I wrote, I, but I only feel like you should root for the Saints to lose when you want the house cleaned. Like when they were when when Ditka at the end of Ditka or the end of Hazlitt in the Katrina era, I wanted Hazlitt gone. I wanted Reggie Bush. But this year, like they won yesterday, like they're not getting the top pick now because they have five wins. And the difference between picking eight and 14. Eh, if you know what you're doing, you can get a good player. I feel like it's there's no real reason to, to root for them to lose now. Just I mean, if they go five and eleven or eight and eight, yeah, it's a big draft, but they can still fuck it up picking seventh as they can uh, get it right at 15. You know. So, um, but but Dave, one last question: The Saints' defense looked good yesterday. Uh, what do you think Dennis Allen has to do to keep the job full time next year? I mean, I think if he, 
I, I think so far we've seen continuous improvement. Um, yeah. and, and every game has gotten can, can we Can we agree that if Rob Ryan was still the coach, there's no way they would have done that well this past weekend? I, probably, I think you're probably right. I, I, I would agree with that. No, I like, um, I like the Dennis Allen philosophy of it's third and six, blitz. <laughs> Andrew, I know I'm not a film watcher like you, but I, 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 that's what I see. Whenever they're in third and, and long on defense and they get to yeah. – they, they blitz because Dennis oh, Allen, oh, I oh, think that – remind, That reminds me, uh, going back to the Ellerby thing real quick, there was one play – I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I was super, super impressed in that sometimes it's just it, – it's not so much having a better player, but it's having a smarter player in the game. And Ellerby is basically wide out on a receiver. Someone goes in motion, and you see Stephon Anthony signal to him, like, I've got the receiver. You pick up my assignment. And he immediately – you see Ellerby immediately go from following the receiver in motion to blitzing as soon as the ball is snapped. And it was incredible recognition of a switch off and then picking up on what Anthony's assignment was – and taking it as his own, and he goes in for the blitz, and this was on a third down play. He goes in, um, this disrupts Jameis Winston, causes the incomplete pass thanks to his pressure, and the Saints get off the field. And I don't know who would have been the other linebacker in that situation, if it would have been Maudie or Anderson or whatever, uh, but I just... I just, remember look, I, I just remember looking at that play and saying, you know what, that's where Ellerby, he doesn't get the sack there, but he mentally picks it up, recognizes the situation, makes a play, and the Saints get off the field. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, I, I think they're, I think they're probably, if Sean Payton stays, I think they're one more performance like yesterday, and it's going to be Dennis Allen's job. You know, yep. you know, I know it's, they've, you know, they could do that against Atlanta. Detroit could, I mean, all of these teams could roast them. I mean, especially Jacksonville, they have a really nice little offense with Bortles and their receivers and Yeldon, but um, we'll see. But now we got, we have a ton of, of Star Wars themed questions with maybe trouble, trouble for Dave, but we'll see. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I, I'm like, I know everything about Star Wars now because of my son. All right. So this is from Ben. Uh, has Atlanta replaced Matt Ryan with Jar Jar Binks? <clears throat> Is this for me? Yeah, it's for you. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt Ryan is is slightly less annoying than Jar Jar Binks. Um, you know, actually. Um, hey, uh, hey, Ralph, was... you you give Dave the next couple because I'm gonna go get another Zingu. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to. Uh, T-Bob on WWL and they were talking about Star Wars as well. This was a couple of nights ago and he was saying that there are theories out there on the internet. Now, he's not reading the same internet that I read um, but uh, that there are theories out there that Jar Jar Binks is actually, he's going to come back in these, in, at some point in these next three movies and he, and he turns out to be like a bad guy and he like played everybody this whole time Um and T-Bob said he went back and watched uh, the first movie, the, the, the very first one in, in order, uh, and he watched it with that in mind, with, with 
Jar Jar Binks being a bad guy in mind, and he said it totally changes everything. So he, he, he thought that was a possibility. He thought that was within Lucas's uh, M.O. to, to do that. Um, but uh, but anyway, but back to the question. Um, Matt Ryan is less annoying than Jar Jar Binks. Sorry. All right, I'm back. Holy yeah. shit, you're still talking about that? <laughs> so do I need – Have you uh, guys ever had this Brazilian beer, Zingu? No, is it good? It's delicious. Is it light? Is it like light or is it heavy? It, it's kind of light. It's a black beer, but it's very light. It's like a very light wow, lager that is the for most black beer. thing. I, I can't believe you even said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like uh, light beers. All, so, beers. all beers matter, Andrew. All beers matter. I, I believe uh, the Pelican House actually has Zingu on tap. <laughs> Zingu. Oh, way, to, way to tie nice. in. Nice. Way to plug it in. This is. Do I have to watch other Star Wars films to understand the new one? Cause no. Yes. You should watch the first three, but the prequels don't watch those. Those are garbage. The first three being actually the middle three. Yeah, the first three being actual episodes. You're, you're four, talking five, about two. like the ones with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. prequels were terrible. Well, I fell Ford's asleep in, in all three of the prequel movies. They were they were fucking god awful. Um, Andrew. Um, if if I gave you a this is from Dylan if I gave you a thousand dollars to go to Vegas yep. would you bet this, pay, is this Dylan or Ralph this is Dylan but I mean it, the he, setup he, of the question it is it's, it's a setup that it's shows a that classic people really, Ralph they set up they they really do listen to the podcast if I gave you a thousand dollars to go to Vegas would you bet Peyton is in Nola next year or not oh man yes if i had to bet a thousand dollars and it's you know one or the other absolutely if i'm handicapping it uh then you know it would be pretty close i mean if i were to put a percentage on it i would say 60 40 he stays i still think he's committed to the saints i still think you know he, he likes it there and you know i i could see a scenario where miami says you know what he's our guy and Steve Ross is just like I don't I don't give a shit what it costs you know first round picks whatever they want give it to him Peyton's my guy and you know if Loomis approaches Peyton he's like hey you can have Tanny Hill and you know a new team and and Peyton, I get two number Peyton, ones and two number twos yeah and Peyton's like yep you know what I'll go to Miami then uh, I wouldn't say never say never in the NFL and you can't rule out just some owner with deep pockets just going crazy and just deciding that he, he's dead set on this is how we're going to find a way to win. And, and there's a lot of dumb owners and dumb GMs out there. But um, you know, short of something crazy, I think he comes back. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is another question uh, from Dylan. And, and, and sorry to, go, go but to expand, but the Saints, short, short of being offered something crazy, need to bring him back. There, there's no scenario as a Saints team where I don't have Sean Payton back as my head coach unless you get an offer that you just simply can't refuse. I mean, I would say I would say when you start talking multiple – I would say when the draft picks reach – when you start talking either two number ones – Two number ones plus. If you're talking yeah. like two number ones and a, number, and a second round pick, that's a lot of – I mean – yeah. With Jeff, that's a lot of picks. This, hey Dave, this is an interesting question for 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 uh, Dave. Uh, how bad? That's me. This, this is from Vincent. How Dave? How bad would your kid have to my be middle name. to get him? How bad would your kid have to be to get him a Browner jersey in his stocking? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's a good question. great question. 
I mean, that's like uh, top five. Yeah. There, 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 there have been days where he's definitely worked toward that end. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, Ralph, you'll see, you'll soon know as a parent, but I'm sure Andrew knows, you know, some days are, are better than others and some days are, were, you know, terrible. Um, don't get me started. But, uh, when does that happen at age like two, three? Why do, why do you think I'm drinking while they're asleep? <laughs> <laughs> that happens at like age two or three. It depends. Like my, my, you know, they say terrible twos. Um, but mine wasn't so bad when he was two. Agreed. Uh, three then, was way worse. Been pretty bad at three, yeah. So they call yeah. that a three major. Um, <laughs> he's 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 just got this fucking attitude, and I just want to hit the crap out of him. You know, he's like he, he's he's very emotional right now. Every, everything's very emotional, and when he gets upset, he just says, "Stop talking to me. I'm not talking to you. I'm not like I hear I I get told that to stop talking to him at least like five times a day. It's it's really." He's he's a little shit. He's a little shit. <laughs> my my big problem right now with my five year old is that he, oh, I'm he's, dreaming he, he, for the day I have a five year old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, he, he's a sweet kid, and he's really, for the most part, really sweet to his two year old sister. But my main issue, well, the the big deal, and obviously the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, but he loses his mind. Whenever he loses, he loses at anything, and it's a complete meltdown. I mean, the the Saints lose on TV, and and it's been a rough season in that department. But oh for God. for we're we're playing football outside, and he loses to me in a stupid you know backyard game, or we play tennis and he loses. I mean, just anytime he loses, it, he carries it for the rest of the day, and there is just an epic meltdown. Like, it's gotten to the point where it's so bad that I just let him win a lot of times. Like, I really have to pick my battles, which is probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah, well, my kid is three weeks old, and our big battle is that he's just a touch fussy at night. But that's my oh, wife's please. problem, not oh, mine. You know? yeah, my, my kid loses his shit just like your does, but but mine, mine, mine loses his shit if he, like can't open the door like it's just it's just stupid it's like saints happy hour podcast parenting advice it's just so obnoxious he just like gets so frustrated and so angry and and then that's when i'll go and i'll be like well try this stop talking to me i'm not talking to you (laughs) and dave just trying to hey hey everyone have multiple kids it's the greatest (laughs) (sighs) anyway um yeah you know santa keeps a list and uh, and all those naughty ass kids, uh, he's got a whole fucking stack of brownie jerseys for him. Right. <laughs> so are you, are, are you guys doing uh, Elf on the Shelf, Dave? No, no, we haven't done okay. that. Yeah, I've been doing that too. This is another question from Elf Dylan. on the Shelf has been wearing the Saints helmets and whatnot. I don't. Oh yeah, I don't feel like my wife is is wants to be that creative every goddamn night and have to come <laughs> up with shit, to, places to, and things to do with it. I'll be honest, I've had to sprint downstairs in the morning when the kids wake up because i <laughs> forgot to forgot to move them the night before <laughs> that's happened at least five times oh this is dylan why are the saints more interested in worthless moral victories instead of improving their draft position i mean come like mike the the, the saints picking fifth doesn't guarantee you nothing man they traded well, up it's not even that like here's the thing I get the fans' gripe, like get the best draft pick possible, but these are professionals. Like, there's no way you're ever going to tell a player, especially at this level, 
lose a game on purpose. No, like, it's, they, just, they, it's just not going to happen. They every all those teams, man. The eye in the sky. If you if the, if the eye in the sky sees you sucking or loafing, other teams notice it and you won't get employed. Like like I'm not saying I've never seen a, a team tank or a team play awful when the games don't mean anything, but I mean you just tell a guy like Bobby Richardson or tell a guy like Caleb Ewells, like yeah, don't try because we're cool yeah, with I don't the think, loss. Well, like, no, I don't playing, think they're playing for their career. Their I don't lives. think well. I don't Their think lifestyle. I don't think team. I don't think fans mean they they want the players to to not try. I think they want Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis to manipulate the roster so the Saints lose. Like Brandon Cooks, you have concussion symptoms. You're not playing. Ellerby, eh, you're not playing. Eh, we're shutting Ing- Ingram down. Eh, yeah. you know Breeze, we're not playing you the second half. Like I they mean, lo- I get it. I uh, know. I mean, it's not like there's one. It's not like it's a crazy thing. I think as a concept, it totally makes sense. But again, I mean, I'll just make the point that I always make with this. It's not the NBA. And, you know, it's not one of those things where, like, if you get a top five pick, you get a game changer that's going to change the outlook of your franchise for a decade. And if you don't get a top five pick, then the, the returns are marginal. You know, in the NFL, 22 guys on the field at a time, 11 on your side of the field. And, you know, I mean, look what J.J. Watt. Unless you're the Panthers. Zing! If you you knew that you were J.J. Watt, and if you knew you were the Texans and you could have J.J. Watt and he would turn out the way he was going to be, of course you would draft him. But what what has that really given them? Look how much they've lost with J.J. Watt on their team. And case in point that – if you don't have the quarterback, if you don't have the depth, if you don't have the talent around an elite player, it's not going to matter. So for me, what's way not more important not going to do it. What's way more important than where you draft is the people that you have in place to recognize talent, to recognize a good fit and find out which right guys are going to fit Here, your system. We have a- we have a couple of football questions before I get back to Star Wars ones. This is, from, this is from Jack. This is from Jack. Football. Uh, Dave, if you, if you leave Pete at left guard since he's played well there, uh, do you leave him there or do you move him to right tackle and draft two guards? I'll answer uh, the question. I mean, for now, I would leave him there as long as Streif is, is, is around. I mean, I know I, I think maybe at this point Streif – you might consider him the, the weak link on the, on the line, but, um, uh, I, I'm kind of, of the belief where, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if, if he's at guard and he's playing well and that's it, then, you know, why, why confuse the situation uh, well, or make it worse? But, um, you know, and, and, and we're talking about Drew Brees here. We're assuming Drew Brees is, is still the quarterback. Um, you know how much, the Saints value their interior linemen. No, I think that's I think that's totally true. The one thing that I think compared Andrew, to it, their their tackles. Yeah, the one thing I think that this does do, Andrew, is it it gives them a lot of flexibility. And you know, we talked about how their cap situation is so screwed. Mm-hmm. With but but with Pete playing good at guard, it really allows the Saints to. They have to fill more positions on their line, but they yeah. when they go into the draft, they don't have to say, "Oh my God, we got to get a right tackle or we got to get a guard." They can just in the second round, they can say, "Oh, you know, there's a there's a really good right tackle there that we didn't think was there. We're gonna take him 
and we're going to put we're going to put we're going to leave Pete at guard, or there could be a good guard there in the second round, and they could say, you know what, we're going to take the guard and we're going to move Pete to right tackle. So it gives them. Mm, it, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I, I've always been a big fan of Streif. I've always been a big proponent of his, and you guys can attest yeah. to that. And you know, I think there's a lot of fans over the years that have been like, "Cut Streif, he's garbage." And I've been kind of the first to defend him and yeah. be like, he, "He's a critical piece to this team, and he plays well." I mean, for me, this year was the first time I really saw a tread on the tires for him. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that Streif has had a pretty poor season in terms of performance. And if I'm saying it, then that means it's the truth. And I really believe that it, it's – I get why he's playing right now. The Saints just don't have the depth at guard. So Same they're, reason they're, Brandon Browner is playing. Yeah. yeah, and so that that's why Streif needs to be the right tackle right now. And I'm really glad that they found a place for Pete to play because he needs to be learning on the job. But for me, Pete is the right tackle starting next year. And so, so no, I, I, I'm not on board with what you guys are talking about. And that's, I, I hear what you guys are saying, but for me, Streif is done and I don't want to see him as the right tackle for the saints next year. I think it's Pete is a right tackle. He's a tackle. He's not a guard. He's playing there right now. And I'm happy he's playing there and he needs to learn for the rest of this year. But I think come next year, he needs to be the right tackle. Hopefully you can hang on to Streif and he's a mentor and he's, uh, I'm sure Streif still thinks he can be a starter, so he probably leaves. But uh, I think it's time to get new guards that are not Andres Pete. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only problem with this, though, is that we, okay, so we've seen Pete play guard and play it well, but we haven't seen Pete play tackle well. We've seen him play tackle, but we haven't yeah. necessarily seen him play well. So I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even, we're having this conversation and we're just working under the assumption well, you know what's a that he can play is, either position and play it well. And that's not necessarily the situation. Well, well tackle is his natural position. And, and the real I bummer, the real bummer is that he played left tackle for Armstead and played really well on, got one, on one drive. Yeah. And, I guess Atlanta and, got hurt. And got hurt. <laughs> and then, you know, Tony Hills so had to Tony come Hills. in. Tony Hills, yeah. maybe. Tony Hills had to come in and, and basically play you know, whole game at left tackle for the Saints. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a bummer. I mean, that, that was a perfect opportunity, again, for Andres Pete to learn on the job. Uh, but I think if he's doing well at guard, I, I just feel like it, that's that's a clear sign that if he, if he can do it at guard, he can definitely do it at tackle. This is from uh, Brian from the Saints Nation podcast. Are the Saints field goal kickers all storm, storm troopers? No, storm troopers have better aim than Saints kickers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my God, we forgot to do- Andrew. You tweeted out something that the Saints field goal kickers only are only making like 68% of their kicks. By the yep. way, Kenny Skills, Kenny Stills just scored a touchdown for the Dolphins. Uh, dude, McMahon's oh, got to be McMahon's got to be fired. Like the the, the the total kicking situation, they picked the wrong guy. Like that's a fireable offense. Yeah, he's got to go. I, 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 I think there's a lot of fans that are defending the decision to go with Hawker because oh he kicked better in games than. Then training camp, you know, for Hopkins and games matter more. I, I get that on some level, but for me, it's just you look at the raw data, and they, I know, I know the Saints tracked every single kick in training camp. I know they do because they Sean Payton's talked about it before. And if they were tracking every single kick during training camp, it was very clear who they should have kept as their kicker. And that was Hopkins, not Hawker. And they made a snap judgment 
based on the third and fourth preseason game and basically reversed who had completely outperformed the other guy. And and, and they did this. Well, now you look at what, what Hopkins has been. He's been 88% predominantly in an outdoor stadium. And the Saints, meanwhile, are sitting at 68%, 31st in the NFL, in an indoor stadium. So for me, you look at those two numbers, you look at that, and like someone has to be fired. Someone, someone is to blame for this. I don't care who it is, but someone made a massive mistake. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody for the uh, for the Twitter questions. Um, the Saints, Dave, are going to be on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'll, I'll be at the game. Oh wow! You'll be at the you'll be at the game too. So, Dave, you um, want to uh, grab a beer uh, at uh, Champions Champion Square? The Saints are a three point favorite against the four and nine Lions. Wait, why'd you cut me off just there? I am sorry. Just Dave. Join. Dave, pregame beer. You want to join Dave and uh, Mandy? Pa- pa- <laughs> Possibly if I get off work on time, I'll have to see how it goes because I'll, I'll All be right. working that day. All right, so hopefully Text I will me. grab a beer with Dave um, at Champion Square. If you're a listener and you find me in Champion Square pregame, find me wherever you are at Champion Square before kickoff. I will buy you a beer. For this could backfire. Everybody that's listening, we have 16,000 listens. I want everybody to meet Andrew. So that he cannot afford to buy everybody. No, no, I, I will be out there, and if you find me and you say, "Hey, I listen to the podcast, big fan," I will purchase you whatever, whatever it is, a five dollar beer, an eight dollar beer, whatever. Oh, I, man, will, I, I really will want buy this to beer for you. Yeah, you might. So, I want to yeah. listeners. This is this is my shot. It is, man. You the one time I'm in town. Hey, well, you know what? I want to meet Ralph's cat. They let the cats in the Superdome, apparently. So, Ralph, <laughs> next time you go to a game, bring your cat. Get the with the uh, get the. I need the letter that is that the, that, the, that the cat's a companion animal. Uh, Minxie in the Superdome. I, that would be that would be hyster- that would be hysterical. It'd be a lot of cat urine on on a lot of people because she would panic. I'm sure. <laughs> Um. So, Dave, the Saints are a three-point favorite against the Lions. Yes, they are. Give me a score. Give me an MVP. Give me a. I mean, those three points are just for the home field advantage. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think they win again. I think they're going to win again. Um. Because they feel sorry for me and my Olive Garden bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. I got the I new breadstick I, sandwiches, Dave. Saw the commercial, man. You can <laughs> breadstick sandwiches, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Um, Dave, if you yes, if you lose your bet, you have to get a breadstick sandwich. I mean, you just have to. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it might actually be palatable, so I might actually order that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think they. I think they've definitely probably. Win. I think they're riding high, so hopefully they'll. Uh, I mean, obviously it was just one game that they won against the Buccaneers, but uh, it, 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 prior to that win on Sunday, it had been a long time since they won a game. So I think they're all probably riding high. Um, 
And the Lions just really aren't that aren't that great. They've, Dude, the Lions really had their gu- the, the Lions were four and seven and, and actually on the move and yeah. had Green Bay dead to rights and lost on a hail mary and that just yeah. ripped their fucking guts out and they're just <laughs> I mean seriously like no they, I, I, I absolutely agree. I watched the little, little shortcut game last night as uh, we were f- feeding the baby at like two in the morning and um, feeding the baby f- feeding the baby and. Uh, the, the the lions just look dead, man. They look like they they couldn't give less of a fuck, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I think they'll win, but I think it'll probably be pretty close. I think the three, you know, Vegas knows what they're doing. Saints will probably, you know, honestly, they'll probably win by three. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, Saints 27, Lions 24. Um, I can tell you who's not gonna be the player of the game, and that's C.J. Spiller. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and um, God, I'll go with uh, and Colson already had a big game and Watson. Eh. I'm gonna go with let's choose somebody on the defensive side. You know what? Okay, here we go. Uh, Jarris Bird's gonna get a, a, another interception. He's gonna get two. Ooh, yeah. Stop. And by the way, Jarris Bird has kind of settled in a little bit now at, at safety. He's been healthy for a little while. Um, yeah, he's playing. I mean, he's, he's playing some good ball. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not amazing. Still not up to his contract, but uh, it's getting getting better. So. That pass breakup he had. My God, what a play! Mm-hmm. You what guys, you guys know what play yeah. I'm talking about? And he made a yeah. nice tackle on a, a last line of defense. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so Andrew, that was a tackle, by the way, that Malcolm Jenkins. Always missed. Um, so yeah, I'm with Dave. Um, I think I'm gonna regret saying this because I just feel like Stafford's gonna light up the light him and, up. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I still, in my heart of hearts, you know, I, I said six and ten at the beginning of the year, and I feel like I gotta stick to it. And so I, I almost feel like I have to say that the Falcons game is going to be the last win. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I, I think the Saints win this game. I, uh, I, I think th- it's going to be close. I, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Saints 30, Lions 27. And my MVP of the game is going to be Willie Sneed. A little, tid, a little tidbit here, um, you know, my, uh, my grades, which – by the way, are not as official or snazzy as PFF, but uh, I, I grade every player, and they have a cumulative. Yeah, I saw that today. He's in, he's in the running GPA, for it. and so yeah, I, I totally butchered that word. That was a total route, but um, <laughs> I've, I've been drinking Zingus. But um, I, Breeze is at 2.89, which is the highest GPA on the team, and Sneed is tied at 2.89. Um, so right now, I always give the the MVP award for the year to the yeah. guy with the highest GPA. So right now, as of today, Breeze and Snead are tied for the MVP award for the team. So right. Willie Snead is kind of a of a dark horse to surprise here. They can but, have three, uh, the Saints if they have a bunch of passing yards the final three weeks. They yeah. can have three thousand yard guys. They can have Watson, Cooks, and Snead all get a thousand yards. By the way, was Snead uh, was he on the team last year? Was he? You know, I want to say he was on the practice. Like they claimed him. Okay. Because I was, was I was going to say court. if he if he wasn't on the team last year, then he, he would be the better free agent over Kevin Williams. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm going to say that that um, 
I'm like you. I, I want to say, you know, part of me thinks that Stafford will light him up, but the other part of me thinks, you know, the Saints, they're just going to they're just gonna roll Detroit because Monday night football is on a run yeah. of like yeah. nine straight games that have been decided by like one score. And like Monday night football is just do like an ass beat, beat down game. And I just think they're going to get that old dome magic and they're going to roll Detroit. And Stafford's going to have turnovers, and Jim Caldwell's going to be staring out into the abyss like he always does. <laughs> and um, I think the I think the bear I think the Bears there's, are going to. Here's the question: Does Sean Payton kick an onside kick at halftime? He should have. He should have. Uh, sorry to start the second half. He should have. When they had the personal foul, they got the kickoff from midfield. Andrew, he totally should have, just for shits and giggles. Um, but here's the thing: like I think the Bears are going to go to Minnesota and win, and I think. The Saints are going to win on Monday night, and we're going to be like, hey, Minnesota plays the Giants and the Packers. Maybe they could collapse, and the Saints can get back in this thing. And and then they get graded by the Jaguars. And they get graded by the Jaguars. <laughs> but on Monday night, they're going to roll. I think it's going to be like 38-17. to 17. I think Okay, gonna... I, I really – which is terrible for me as a blogger to say this, but I have not – I've paid zero attention to what the Saints need to actually get into the playoffs mathematically. Here's, here's, so, what, the yeah. Here, here's what the Saints need to have happen. They need Minnesota to lose, lo- right? lose everything. Out, okay. everything. And they need global warming to raise the seas. <laughs> so Philadelphia, New York, and possibly Washington get wiped off the map. And they need Tampa to lose two of their last three. Besides that, it's not that it's not that difficult. Oh, they probably okay, need no. bears. You know? Okay, so they 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 need they they have can to I get a, they have Can to... I get a factual statement here? <laughs> yes, Dave? yes. They, they I, I'm going off memory. It's on Canal Street Chronicles. I posted it last night, but okay. off of my memory from what I wrote, it's the Saints have to win out. They have to win all three of their mini games, uh, which that that in and of itself presents a problem. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but. But besides that, um, the the Vikings need to lose all three of their games, which is also that's you know hard to believe would happen. Um, they have a tough the schedule. Bucks, Bears, uh, Bears, yeah, they, they, Giants, they the Bears, Packers. I think, yeah, I mean, so so that can definitely happen. Um, the Buccaneers, yes, the Buccaneers need to lose two of their last three. That could happen. Um, Do they play the Panthers? I think uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure they do. I bet you they do the last week, don't they? All aren't aren't all Ooh, the last week. I, I wouldn't want to have the Bucks play the Panthers week 17. That's like a, a gimme win. Um, I believe the Rams have to lose one of their games. I think that's one of the things. I I, I don't even remember why that is. And oh, then, um, okay, so then the NFC the NFC East, you know, the the winner of the NFC East will probably be nine and seven. If if the second place team in the NFC East is seven and nine, and all those other things happen, then the Saints would be in. If the second place team in the NFC East is eight and eight, and it's the Giants or the Eagles, then the Saints would would get in. But if it was the Redskins or the Cowboys, I want to say well, the Cowboys can't because they're seven. They're four and nine now. Okay, so then, but so, but if the Redskins are eight and eight in second place, then they would go to the playoffs, or, or they would beat the Saints. Well, the Eagles so, beat the Saints head to head. Yeah, so but they, remember, I know, but for it gets it gets 
Remember, Andrew, though, if, and this is a long time ago, but in 2000, remember in 2004, the Saints were 4-8, and eight, yeah. and they won their last four, and they got to 8-8, eight and eight, and going into Sunday, they played Carolina, and like, they had all these crazy scenarios, but basically, everybody was like, whoever wins the Saints-Carolina is getting in, and yeah. then either the Redskins beat Minnesota, or the Rams won, or some shit happened, and it ended up like a four-way tie for 8-8, eight and eight, and yeah. the Saints didn't get in. Yeah, it didn't it involve Doug Bryan missing a field goal. It does. Doug Bryan missed a kick in overtime. I remember this. Yeah, Doug Bryan. So like, I mean, it just gets. I mean, the Doug thing is, freaking Bryan. The My thing God. is, it would it would be it would Come be on, nearly. I, it, it would be probably more likely that 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 your wife has My you know, life. An, an immaculate My wife, immaculate conception. Uh, without even touching her, she gets pregnant. Yeah. I think there's more of a chance of uh, now. I, I know you're a very fertile guy, Andrew. Yeah, I, uh, I am. I, I, I know the testosterone flows through you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but it's 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 very it's, it's very very player unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very very unlikely. That so it's many very, things would have to it's happen. It's very. Un- I'll be. I'll, it would be amazing if it did happen, though. That would, it, it would be. be awesome. It would be amazing if the Saints could win the next two games against the Lions and Jaguars. And not be eliminated. And not be eliminated. Like, yeah, if they get yeah. to the final Sunday with some sort of wacky, fucked well, that up would Well, that would mean, if that was the case, that would mean, if, so if the Saints won their, their next two games, um, Minnesota would have to lose their next two games as well. For it to well, be Ralph, we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts for years. And we've always said, as long as the Saints are not mathematically out of it, we have to root for the the crazy scenarios as as out there as they may be, and keep you you get into the playoffs. You find a way. Let me tell you this: until it's over. Now, once it's over, then you can root for the team to lose. But if playoffs are possible, you have to root for every scenario. If you want to get into the dream scenario. The Saints making the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight and doing it by beating Atlanta and causing them to have to end their season on a nine-game losing streak and the Saints get in the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, that might be <laughs> the best moment ever besides Tracy Porter's interception in the Super Bowl. I shit you not. Andrew, that would be amazing. <sighs> Come on, you know you know that that shit see, would be amazing. See, this is the kind of stuff that happens after a Saints win. Yeah, it does. This is how delirious <laughs> we, we are. We are, we are <laughs> dude, we we are. But you know what? I mean, look, we only get 16 weeks of this nonsense. If you can't have fun, like, what's the point of it? You know. So anyway, oh, and Kevin was at wrestling. He was refereeing or whatever, to, to doing a turnbuckle or I don't know what the fuck. It's too bad. He would, this would have been a good podcast. It would have been a good podcast. This is, this is our Star Wars episode. It was. He was supposed to be here. He's probably camped out at some theater in St. Louis waiting to the get The force in. is not strong in that one. It is not. So, um, donate to the podcast for us. A dollar, all it takes is a dollar a month. That's all we ask. I say we, I say we cut Kevin out of out of the donation. Uh, yeah, out of the donation. <laughs> His sixteen dollars a month is I gone. We, let's let's start splitting this three ways instead. <laughs> three ways. <laughs> He's dead. So, 
So go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave's got all kinds of fun stuff. Playoff scenarios, yeah, whatever. apparently. Uh, go to Saints Nation. Don't go. And, Don't Andrew's got grades. Uh, find Kevin on the Ashley Tinder Catholic dating Madison. Uh, so uh, for all these knuckleheads, until next week, the bar is closed. All right, peace, Scott Wyland. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.